Good afternoon everyone, Brant Garvey here, professional speaker and Paralympian. So today I'm starting my Daily Grit live and I'm featuring a special guest, a friend of mine, Olivia Vivian. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know Liv, she is an Olympic and Commonwealth Games gymnast. She went to the 2008 Olympics and then also the 2014 Commonwealth Games where they won silver. She's also done a bit of uh, circus with Cirque du Soleil and is currently doing the Australian Ninja Warrior. So she was on the first season and did phenomenally well. I loved watching it. Also loved seeing you stack it into the water as well. Thanks. And um, since then has been training her butt off for the next one. So now is when I'd like you just to fill us in with any gaps that we might have missed in that introduction of oh. what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one because I have done quite a bit and I love sticking to something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I think another area of my life that, um, you know, is, takes up a large chunk of it would be my cafe. Oh yes, yes, yes the cafe. So, you know, it's, as you know, it's elite sports, not well, uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of that. So. Not very lucrative. And what is it, the leaky tap? The leaky tap. Yes. Is, um, yes. In honour of my father and it's plumbing themed and um, yeah. Can you share a bit of that story in terms of absolutely, that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that's half the reason I constructed it that way. So um, in 2013, my father passed away and it was um, really tough. I took it quite hard, I think. And um, gymnastics, I ended up, you know, breaking my back the same year. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, it went through a, a huge just part where I was like, what am I going to do? And um, where's my life going and you know all those thoughts that everyone sort of has at some point um, and yeah the opportunity um, I was lucky my mum's in real estate and she saw this deli at the time was going to come up for lease in you know nine ten months time she said yeah. like, have you thought about what you want to do and I studied over in America and I did exercise sports science I did new media communications and nothing <laughs> about hospitality and I was like yeah sure mum <laughs> but um it actually, you know, my back got better. I came back for the Com Games, which was a blessing because I had a lot more time to think about really what I was going to do with this space. And um, it's it takes a lot from going from a deli to a cafe, but I committed to, you know, renovating, making a cafe straight away. And I think I really liked the creativity aspect um, of actually once I discovered, hey, I'm going to do something in honour of my dad and. Um, you know, I called it the leaky tap. He owned a plumbing business called Vivian's Plumbing. And I mean, yep. generations of Vivian's. So like dad did it, grandpa did it, great grandpa, like 1904. All Vivian like yeah. under the name? Oh, wow. So it was Vivian, WA and Sons. So it yep. was like really passed down through the Sons. Um, it was right next to the boat shed in Napoleon Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's where it was situated. And then my brother chose real estate. <laughs> The ultimate, the ultimate sin, not following the family, family yeah. legacy. Yep. Yeah, well done, bro. <laughs> um, but, Does so he still yeah. cop it for that or is he okay? No. No, uh, okay. His personality is much more suited. Uh, he doesn't really like getting his hands dirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, definitely not the field to be in in that case. Yep. Yeah, no. So, yeah, it was, I think, for me, it was really fun. I think it took such a negative experience and created a bit of a positive spin on it and allowed me to um, express how I was feeling in that way. And um, it's, done, it's done really well. I get his friends that come in, I've never met them before, and they tell me wild stories, because Dad was just 
And so they come in because of the, the legacy. Yeah. yeah. Like and was, sorry, you said that that happened in 2013. Yeah. You were training for the Com Games in um, 2014. Yeah. Around what time did you open the cafe? Um, we opened early 2015. Okay, so it was pretty full on during those times. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, initially, I started, I was going to. I was going to keep it a deli because yep. there was a lot less council regulations needed for a deli than okay. a cafe. Yep. Um, and it was, I started renovating the floor and the ceiling and they found asbestos. Oh, oh my gosh. So, you know, what turned into be, yeah, a much larger investment, I also got more time. Yep. Um, and I think I'm lucky to have that time. Otherwise, all the ideas that I came up with might not be there and it might not be as successful as it, as it is today. So, so it kind of forced you to have time to brainstorm. Yeah. So yeah, so we like, like we're saying, I missed one. So it's entrepreneur, it's uh, Olympian, yeah. <laughs> Com Games, and now Australian Ninja Warrior. Um, can you share with us what your current area of expertise is? Well, currently, I think, you know, after I retired from gymnastics and took a bit of Which time. Which was in what year? Last year, okay, early yep. last year, and um, I don't know, for me, I still, I had the cafe, but I hadn't found something physical in a long time, um, sporting-wise, that really grasped me and mm -hmm. like just held my attention. Yep. And I actually had no idea what Ninja Warrior was. Um, mm -hmm. I went into the first season pretty like, I don't know what I'm doing. How did, how did you come across it? Um... Being invited and like seeing it sort of at what to the the facility here you were invited yeah, to, or to the to competition. competition okay yeah so you were invited to it without really training for it yeah and okay I think, I, I think a lot of the Australian gymnasts were yep yeah because uh, there was they a were approached I get you um, yeah yeah and I think it was you know first season they just wanted to to get some real athletes and see how it'd go because it was you know Australia's first season we don't know what's going on and yep. Um, so yeah, it was it was an eye opener. Um, I had such an amazing time, and I just I do remember my college sporting days feeling so passionate like that about yep. gymnastics, and I hadn't felt that fire mm -hmm. in a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I didn't make it up the wall, and I mean I didn't expect to get to the wall in the first place. Um, I actually wore white. On and the if... show, by the way. First of all, redhead, fair skin, don't wear white. Second of all, there's water involved, don't wear white. Yep, yep. What if, yeah, luckily I didn't, you know. Um, yeah, so. And you'd never attempted a warp wall before that, that, that exact instance, had you? No, and like, once you sort of grasp, oh my God, like this is, this is what we're doing, and you can't test the obstacles you can't try them you're not allowed to touch it and a lot of people don't know that mm -hmm. um also for those of you who might not quite know who she was on it she was wearing a t-shirt that had straya on it <laughs> <laughs> which for people who know viv is so viv so <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah it was one of the guys one of the, the guys i think he'd done some walk walls before yep. um his name was koi fish we call him koi fish and he was like live just if you get to the wall just wipe the sweat off your brow and like clean your shoes. Yep. Like it's big. You don't want any dust on your shoes. I'm like, all right, okay. Like we get three attempts. I'm like, okay, fine. I get to the end, but I'm like, I'm not sweating. <laughs> not one bit of sweat. No, like, I don't know how you're not sweating after getting to that point. That seems physically impossible to me. Uh, yeah. 
maybe I'm dehydrated. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, really, I, I'm just fully invested in just self-improvement, really, and yep. enjoying my exercise and um, always pushing and trying to improve. And for those of you who want to see some of what Viv does, you've got to check out her Instagram. Honestly, it's the most entertaining Instagram account I've ever seen. What, is it just under your name? Yeah, Olivia Vivian. Yeah, yeah, you've got to watch it. Some of the stuff is absolutely incredible and puts most of us to shame. Okay, so I want to go back, and I think you might have already touched on this, but it's what would be your biggest setback to date? Yeah, um, I, when I think about it, because I've, I've had every injury under the sun, um, and for people that have gone through injuries really know um, how hard that can be and how, you know, it can really bring you down mood-wise, especially I'm very impatient and, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I want to get back in there and you know you need to do the right things. Like uh, I've really blown out my knee and that was my first, I think, major where I was like, I need to make this knee stronger than the other, otherwise yep. I'm going to hurt Same something thing else. Again. Yep. Um, so, you know, I try and think like injuries were a setback, but I think when I look back now, it was definitely losing my dad. Yep. Um, that was one of the hardest things to kind of overcome. Yeah, absolutely. Just in a way that I used gymnastics, I think, as a distraction. Yep. Uh, when I jumped back in, I jumped in pretty soon after, and that was, I didn't want to stay at home, just constantly in my own brain. Yep, um, yep. And, I, you know, sport is very physical, obviously. We need certain attributes, but it's also very mental. Um, and what I was sort of doing, I think, was just pushing it under a rug. Mm. And, and I mean, there's not too many people that experienced what you did at that no, age no. in their life either. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people will go through their own experiences mm -hmm. um, of something. So, uh, yeah, I think just losing him and, you know, like it's never going to be perfect. You mm. know, I'm still look back and you have, you know, these thoughts, but I'm much better at understanding that, you know, I've just sort of got to take his legacy and, and put it in my own life and... Um, and just be grateful for what I do have. Like I, I've got my mum and she's phenomenal. I wouldn't be where I am today without her. And so I look back in reflection and you know, I appreciate everything I learnt through dad and the time I had, but um, you know, I've just, it, it keeps me grateful for yeah. what I do have. And so yeah, it helped me grow as a person. It's not an easy process, um, but I think it was a big life setback that I needed, you know, that. And I'm I, sure it gives a lot of things perspective too. I mean, stops you kind of sweating the small stuff. Yeah, like yeah. when you lose your phone, you lose your contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't really compare, does it? I mean, it's not great, but no. um, <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, next, I want to know what your biggest breakthrough moment was. So something, you, you know, your biggest success. That's a real, um, that's a real tough one because I've, I've had a lot of goals and really attacked it. Um, I think a big lesson for me that turned out to be really successful and, yep. and a positive for me was um, right leading up to the Olympic Games. So, you know, I started when I was seven and a half, almost eight years old in this sport. I know it's, it's crazy to think that discipline at that age, but yeah, yeah. go on. I mean, I did it because I'm a monkey and I just love <laughs> Love it. swinging like, on stuff? And... Absolute airhead. <laughs> the Olympic rings were up in the gym for a good six years before I noticed. But, <laughs> um, but I, like, I think I was about 12 years old when I was like, wow, I want to be an Olympian. I want to go to the Olympics in gymnastics and... 
Um, it became realistic uh, when I first made my first world champ team. Yeah. That was three years before the Olympics. Then I Good made, timing, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all like heading in the right car. Made my second in 2006. Um, and then what happened with me was I'd been national champion on the uneven bars, so the monkey event was yep. my pet event. And um, I'd been national champion five times and I got lazy mm -hmm. and I got complacent big time. Like I would come to training. I'd always come to training. Um, I'd always show up, but I, I was physically there, but mentally elsewhere. Checked out. Yeah. Doing the, the bare minimum and in strength. If like the coaches weren't watching, I'd be like, yeah, I've done that. And, and what age are we talking at here? Um, around 17 okay okay you know? so you're starting to come into that more of an adult type yeah, attitude you know, yeah you know like you're noticing the boys at school <laughs> and you know other things going on so you know it's that it's that life um and then 2007 so the year before the olympics um i went to the trials expected to be named on the team and i missed out okay and I fully didn't understand it because I thought what I was doing was normal mm -hmm. and that was the right thing and um, it was a smack in the face. Yep, a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I actually had the psychologist at WAVES um, after, you know, after I'd taken the time to just accept that I was not on that team. Like, you know, it's that stage, it's going through the stages and once I'd accepted it, wow, like this reality, I'm not on this team one year before the Olympic Games. Um, we discovered that I wasn't going 100% training, so I wasn't committing myself out of the fear of failing. Yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, we discovered And that was that, something that was completely hidden to you. Yes, because yeah. I thought what I was doing was routine. It was so routine. It was normal. Yep. Um, and so the, the thought of committing myself 100% and not making it was very scary. Yeah, yeah. And if I'd only given 60, 70% in training and missed out, well, I had an excuse. Yep, yep. I think, I think most of us have been in that position where yeah. we hold back because that's our protection. Yes, yep. absolutely. And um, so I think, you know, once I'd com like, I verbally committed, okay, because um, he was like, he was so... Just like punching the guts. He was like, you're either 100% in or fuck it. And this is the psych? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like it's really, it's a reality check and yep. um, and then scary. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit 100%. And so I, I lost the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like I started going to bed normal hours. I changed my diet. Um, and, but the hardest thing was actually coming to training and, you know, trying to get in a routine of, you know, being there, giving everything I've got, focusing when I'm there. That was, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's really easy to say. It's yeah. Like, oh, so like rocking up to training yeah. and rocking up to do 100% of the work is two very different things. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was very easy to say I'm committing, but to, to change my lifestyle and my training habits was very difficult, but in the end, it came down to trials, and I was one of six selected for yeah. the Olympic Games. So, after know, the year of being obviously yeah. dropped, so yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's it was a hard process, and even the fear, like, of not making that team was huge. Because you'd given it everything. Now you weren't just yeah. trying it out; you were 100% committed Absolutely. in all aspects. Yeah. When they announced the team, <laughs> we're like in this amphitheater. 
Um, there's 12 of us, so they nailed it down through three competitions okay. from everyone down to 12, and then six got selected onto the team. So it's like 50% cut each time. Yeah, yeah. And um, 12 of us sitting there, <laughs> they're announcing the team, and it's like first person up, second person up, third person up, yeah. fourth person up. I'm still in my seat. <laughs> So like when I explain it to people and I'm like, yeah, you've got butterflies. But yeah. You have butterflies when you're nervous. I had dragons. <laughs> like this, I felt sick. And then fifth person was up, and I was, I was just like, oh my god, it's I've trained eleven years. Like, what am I gonna do? Yeah. Um, and the sixth person got called up, and it was my name, and it just. It they was, so did that deliberately. They so left you for last. Well, later I found out they did it alphabetical. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was not catching on. It was like L L M M M. I'm okay. sitting there going, "Pick me." Yeah, it was a lesson that I think just yeah. And so that was your obviously your your biggest breakthrough moment was when you figured out that you needed to commit a hundred percent in all aspects rather than yeah. rocking up doing the the daily daily grind. Yeah, I mean one of many. Like yeah, there's a lot, but that one really just sort of resonates and stands out. Stands to me. out. Yeah. And okay, we've got another one here, which I think um, aligns with uh, Australian Ninja Warrior, but what is one of the most, uh, the things that you're most passionate about at the moment? Um, it's, yeah. Ninja Warrior was so different to anything I've ever done. And people are like, how do you train for it? What do you do? Yeah. They're like, I'm like you're, you're taking people from all walks of life. There is no set training for this. Um, there was a guy that like cuts down trees for a living was uh, one of the, yeah. one of the top contenders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and so I love that about it. And so after the show, I discovered Ninja Academy. Yep, in um, Aussie Park. Exactly. Yep. Which would have been helpful before the show. <laughs> would have given you the warp wall at least, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, what I discovered was there was a really cool community there, mm -hmm. and that's because people come from all walks of life and. Um, you're all there just hanging out and having fun and I, you know, once I'd sort of completed all the obstacles there, um, so I love challenging myself, I love overcoming it and working towards it, it's always sweeter when you have to work really hard, so yep. they have a big wall at the academy, it took me two solid months, maybe three. What, like the, the extra high one? Yes. How, how big is it? It's 4.5. Yeah, so 4.5 metres. It is ridiculous. And it's, yeah. it curves all the way around yeah. almost. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, overhang. It's, yeah, and, and I've so you've got, got up there. chicken legs. Like, <laughs> and what's your height? You're like 5'5", five, five, are you? Or? Yeah, around there. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm a bar specialist. I love swinging. Yep. It comes to the vault in gymnastics. No, I run like a deer. It's not happening. <laughs> and so I run like a deer at the wall. And it's, yeah, so that was a big, you know... Having to just set little goals because you know if I attacked it that session and gone I didn't make it it's it would have been a lot of failure yep uh, which is hard uh, when you leave the session not feeling like you got something but um it was oh, sweet when I grabbed it like yeah. and I held it and I didn't expect it and I was like oh and we got it on film by the way it doesn't count unless it's, it's on camera <laughs> it's like rules of the ninja gym. Didn't happen. Doesn't happen. No. It's just like in my world, if it's not on Strava, which is like recording exercise, it doesn't yeah, count. So, exactly. Yeah. So, um, it's, I've, to date, I'm the only female that's done it. Are yet. you serious? Wow. Um, but the... And just shows that height isn't, a, isn't necessarily the most important thing because, uh, no. yeah, obviously there's people that are a lot taller and it is so intimidating. If you get down there, check it out. I mean, I tried to get the... 
What's the what's the middle wall? The middle one, three and a half. Yeah, and I, I couldn't get that, you and it was get, so, I will get. So oh, slack. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's phenomenal, guys. You have to check it out. Obviously, we did a workout there with Adam Chatfield, who also was on Australian Ninja Warrior, um, and it's such a cool place. I think when I was there, Viv was um, doing handstand on someone's hands while they were standing up, and she was on. It's just ridiculous. The amount of crazy stuff that these people can do physically is mind blowing, and it's really motivating. Well, I think that's just what I'm passionate about now is, yep. is honestly just trying new things and connecting with really cool people. Um, you're constantly learning, you're constantly growing and I love that. Like I don't, not someone to just sit there and, and just cruise anymore. And yeah, that was, it's just a fun, fun environment. That, that yeah, really great vibe. Everyone seems to be really physically and mentally healthy. I think it's because they all get to do something together and they obviously stay fit at the same time. Yeah. All right, I wanna know, which is probably similar to something that uh, I asked you before, but what was kind of holding you back from doing what you wanted to do? Would you reckon that was that whole mental shift that you had to make about commitment and not being afraid to fail? That was definitely one. And then the other one I noticed, um, because I have been fortunate enough to train within the Australian gymnastics community. Yep. And then I've also received a full scholarship to Oregon State in America. Okay. So two different countries, um, same sport. America is number one in the world yep. in gymnastics. And I mean, being completely honest with you, after Beijing, I could have quit gymnastics. It yep. wasn't something I was passionate about at all. It was, I just wanted to reach the Olympics and it was sort of, I was just going through the motions and to get that goal. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't love showing up to training. Um, and so I already signed my scholarship. Yeah. Um, so I knew I was going over there and I headed over there and the first year was a just so changing in my attitude. Um, they would show up to training and it was the highlight of the day. Like yep. it's, everyone was there as a team. So it wasn't so much individual. Like sure, we in gymnastics here, we go to events as a team, but it doesn't really feel like a team. You just feel like six individuals. Still trying to compete for their spot. Yeah. Yep. And um, so it's a very selfish mm -hmm. um, route they have here. And, um, and, and you think that's a cultural thing? Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, but yeah, it's, you know, looking back now, it's, I didn't enjoy it, mm -hmm. um, but I went to America and it's, it is team. It's like everything you do is for your team. Um, even though you're up on the beam one at a time, um, you feel the team there and it's, it was very hard mental flip, um, to go, you know, cause I used to be a bit nervous and scared in competition. Mm -hmm. Um, and that there you for 13 weeks you're competing every weekend and it just got it was the best part of the week okay, okay so they awesome. approached competition as the celebration yep because i mean you know hours and hours and hours of exercises that you don't necessarily love doing but you do it for the result you know it was like right like we're on the floor like let's let's celebrate all those rope climbs let's show off what those squats produce like <laughs> yep it was completely a different way to approach it um so yeah i i definitely think um just a bit of a mental approach was 
Yeah, I think it, it makes it a lot more enjoyable when you, you realise that like for us it's the racing, for you it's the competition, mm. is the fun part. The, the training day in and day out you do because you want to be the best when it comes to the fun part. Yeah, and that's a really interesting um, like point, being the best. So in Australia when we weren't the best at gymnastics, in fact like in Beijing we came six as a team and still to date it's the highest team result at yep. Olympic Games. Like, you know, we've never been, an, we've never won an Olympic medal. Um, and so here in Australia, I felt the general attitude was just to make the Olympic Games. Okay, that was the goal. Yes, yep, just yep. to get there. Mm -hmm. um, it was the two world championships where that woke me up a little bit. You see what the rest of the world are doing. And that's, it's really motivating, but we weren't traveling very often. We didn't get those international comps under our belt consistently. So you weren't really motivated and inspired that way. Yep. Um, but in college, like, and again, like Oregon State hadn't been like, so we compete in a conference as well as nationals and ours was the Pac-10, which is now the Pac-12. And we hadn't been Pac-10 champions, I think in like 14, 15 years. Wow. Yep. Um, UCLA were always the top dogs. Yep. Um, and I remember when we, we went in as a team, we had some, um, like a, a team sites come like do some activities. And she forced us to say, we're going to be champions. We're going to be Pac-10 champions. In fact, she forced us to say, we're going to be national champions. Yeah. A thought that had not, you know, it was not normal, like to be the best. Like it was out of your comfort zone to say that basically. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, so once we said it, then we had to enforce ways to train like a champion. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like... I guess growing up here, like it always held me back because I'd never gone, I'd never, my goal was never to be the best in the world. Yep. It was to make the Olympics. Make the Olympics, games. yeah. So I was training just to make the Olympic Games. I was never really pushing myself to yeah, be the best was, in the world. Yeah, that was it. There was no plan post making the Olympic Games. It was just getting there. Yeah. yeah. And so you don't, you don't realize it at the time because what you're doing is satisfactory, you know, it's, that's all you know. And um, it just shows also how important like the psychology part mm. of uh, what we do is. I mean, yeah. I know in my case, there's, there's points in training where I've had to have some help mentally in terms of embracing the pain because of that fear that if you stay in that zone for too long that you're going to injure yourself. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah. psychology is so, so critical to high performance. Yeah. I mean, I look back now and I'm completely fine with it. I wasn't you know, I made the Olympic Games. It's not like I was disappointed. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing shabby about that. Yeah. yeah, like, so I think for me, like I never aimed to be the best in the world. And so I, I never really wanted it. It wasn't my desire. Mm -hmm. um, but you look back and you know, like in a way, it's like it's just something like mentally like that can hold you back in, yeah. in, in regards to that. So, you know, we ended up actually becoming Pac-10 champions. Yeah, just purely from a like a mental shift. Absolutely. Yeah and training like it and yeah. just believing it and not being afraid to say we're going to be champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's very cool. Oh, that's awesome. And here we've got another one, which I'm really keen to hear, which is what would be the best piece of advice you've ever received? Hmm, I think, uh, like, I mean, obviously Matt slapping me in the face and going, you're 100% in or get out. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that. a key one, yep. I really, I just really appreciate what that did for me and my career and even the way I view things now. Um, the other one was my coach at Oregon State. Um, her name's Tanya Chaplin. Um, I went and saw her after my father passed away. Yep. Um, and she said, 
because I was real in it, just in a slump. And she said, look, the best advice I can give you is take the things you loved most about your dad, uh, whether it was like a, an attitude that he had or things that he did or yeah. um, things, take that and uh, apply it to your own every day. Okay. Um, and so in a way that my dad is still with me and he's still yeah. going on. Almost honour him every day that you do something that he used to do yeah. in, in that quirky way. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like it took a while to get used to, um, but it really, it changed like the, like dad was just out there. He'd live every, every day of his life. Well, I can definitely see some of those characteristics yeah. in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but you're great. Yeah. My favorite part. Exactly. And so my, just my general, you know, way I approach each day is I like, I'm really grateful for it and I'm going to, you know, do things that make me happy and, um, keep striving towards goals and, um, yeah, and just like that, why not? Like, you know, we're here and tomorrow is never promised. Yeah. Um, we really take that for granted sometimes and forget that. Um, and so it's, it's not like live each day like it's your last. That's a bit stupid. Yeah. Um, but don't waste too like, many of them. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of just, yeah, make the most with what you've got. Okay. And next, what is a personal habit that you do that you contribute to your success? I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, love, I definitely don't take things ultra seriously. Um, and then, <laughs> so like I'm always trying to just have fun with what I'm doing and where I'm going. Um, but in terms of like going for success, like I think everything I've aimed for has been big. It's, yep. I'm, I'm not sure if that's just who I am or what really forced that within me. I know my mum is very determined as well and I probably get it from her, but it's um, those days, you, we all have those days where motivation drops yeah. um, or, you know, like you just don't want to or you don't feel like it and it's sort of, um, someone told me recently, it was sort of like um, train for, you know, it was like train for the end result, like train for your goal, not how you feel. Base your training off okay. what you want, not how you feel because, you know, um, so it was sort of just setting those like writing those goals out, just reminding me a little bit, oh, why am I getting up this early in the morning? Mm-hmm. Um, so really just to kick a little bit of motivation in and, um, yeah, and I just, I train around good people. Um, that's, I think that's a really big one as well, just being around good people that help lift you up instead of the people that just want to tear you down or or just suck things out of you yeah. um, and stuff like that. So. You know, like back in the day when you're going through adolescence and you just want 5,000 friends on Facebook or whatever. Like, it's all about the number. It's all about the right. number. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, yeah, it was sort of like, you know, like I've, I've learned over time, like I, I want to spend my time with people that, you know, enhance life and make it better and we all build and help one another and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, it's just putting yourself in positive scenarios. Yeah, I'm very similar. I, I totally agree about surrounding yourself with people that obviously lift you up and that's the, what, what I like to be for other people as well. And then the, the same thing with what you were saying before that was uh, I'm a firm believer in aiming super high and then if you fall a little bit short, it's still far from what you would have ever expected yeah. or uh, yeah. intended to get to. So yeah, massive believer in both of those. Okay, and um, I'm not sure if you have one of these, but a, a favorite tool that keeps you motivated today. Um, I like to, you know, 
I like to envision so like big goals or yep. what could be. Um, I think it's really cool for the imagination at least and just um, get your motivation up, feeling good and, um, and stuff like that. Um, a tool, caffeine, is that a tool? <laughs> <laughs> it's, de it's definitely one that I use. And uh, if anyone is looking for some caffeine, by all means, make your way down to the leaky tap. One of the things that stands out for me is they have uh, a little toilet, which is a drinking bowl for dogs. And it's, uh, it's one of the most cutest things you'll ever see, a bunch of dogs just drinking out of little, little toilets. Yeah, well, when you really, when you're setting up a business, you take into account your area. Yep. Who, who's going to be your client base? And I noticed there were so many dog walkers. And I was like, how do I take their money? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, love, I love dogs. Yep. And um, so, yeah, we have a puppuccino in the toilet cup for them. And it's all dog friendly. Yep. I wouldn't recommend a human driver, actually. <laughs> Especially um, not out of one of those bowls. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. And we got, we got one last question, which is give us one key takeaway. Uh, and then the best way for all the viewers to connect with you and follow your journey and hopefully get to see you on the second season of Australian Ninja Warrior. Yeah, can't say it. Yeah. <laughs> have to watch the show. I hope, I hope. Fingers crossed because it was amazing the first time. Yeah, um, I mean ultimately I would, I'd like to tell people to, um, to not be scared to aim high. Yep. Um, but I think the biggest thing I've discovered through my own journey and then as a business owner actually dealing with staff, um, I've, I call it the Disney generation. Okay. So, you know. This is your philosophy? Yes. Yep, the cool. Disney generation. <laughs> Vivian's philosophy. Okay. But, um, and I was, like, I was in the Disney channel. I love Disney movies. <laughs> but so we've been told and we've been made to believe that we can achieve anything. Yep. Right? And... You could have these goals and, you know, if you want them so much, you can have anything that you, that you Set want. Set your mind to, yeah. I feel like the message in between that's been missed out is you need to work hard. <laughs> you need to work hard for it. And, and not just a little bit. No. No, a phenomenal know, amount. Exactly. And I just, I feel like that's been skipped over a little bit and it's, it's not all magic. It doesn't just happen. It's, you know, we don't get there. We're not always in a Disney movie. So it's... I find that with a lot of staff, you know, they want the money or they expect this position or stuff like that and they, but they forget that they have to work hard, they have to show up, they have to be present in the moment and... Do more themselves. than what other people are doing. Absolutely. It was sort of, yeah, if you have two people with the same, you know, skill level, like, it's like, what makes the difference? And yep. it's that person that wants to go the extra mile or is, has that passion that makes them... Um, you know, apply themselves more. So yeah, it's it's remembering that you know those goals are amazing and met. They do feel so good when you get there, um, but you've got to work through it. You've got to grind, and there's not easy days. Yeah. And it's just getting through those hard days and um, sticking to it and um, finding the best management system for you as well. Because you know there is overtraining and and that, what that can lead to as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's. It is. It's all about, uh, you know, working hard, but also smart, not just doing working hard for working hard's sake. And one of the main reasons that I called this show Daily Grit was because I'm really passionate about the, the long-term goal. So, you know, there's obviously the short-term ones, but it's about being able to stay true to the four 
the eight, the 10 year goal and staying true and doing the work day in and day out. And so that's why Daily Grit was created. That's why I wanted to get awesome people like yourself down to share your story. And the reason I chose Facebook Live as the platform was because I wanted it to be filter free. I wanted it to be real. I didn't want it to be that usual polished Instagram post where everybody looks amazing and in the most the most beautiful and the most beautiful part of the world. So I love that fact of it. And please let us know how we can connect with you so people can follow you. Yeah, like I've got to like I'll be honest, I'm not really on Facebook a lot. I don't have the time that I used to when I was just doing gymnastics. Um, Instagram's a big one. That's where you're mainly on? Yeah. And, and, and you do like a lot of posts doing some crazy stuff, like I said. So definitely get to her Instagram account, yeah. check out, follow, and then give us some support leading into hopefully yeah. the next Australian Ninja Warrior. Yeah, I mean, Thank you can you. always DM me. Like, I do read them. She does. <laughs> she read mine. I know. Eventually. <laughs> Thank you again so much for coming down. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is going to happen weekly. It's going to be on Monday every week at 4 p.m. West Australian time. I'll see you next week.